Okay, with Kevin McMahon, uh, classified as a short film play at the Thriller Suspense Film Festival. Uh, it's got a little horror element. It's definitely an action film. Uh, this was a proof of concept, uh, correct, Kevin? That's right. Yes. So it seemed like it was a proof of concept for the camera gear that you used because it was unique, but also a proof of concept for like the feature film that you wanted to make as well, yes, right? Right. So um, the feature film had been uh, optioned a couple of different times from a couple of different companies. And the last company that had their hands on it looked like we were going to go into production, looked like we were going to make this film. Uh, but we really wanted to give it a very visceral um, found footage uh, feel that had never been done before. So the, the thought was, let's create gear that these Navy SEALs have that has cameras so that they can be monitored back at a, uh, back at headquarters or, uh, you know, there, there could be a monitor that monitors their, their bio readings and all that stuff. And we can see their the camera, you know, looking through the scope on the gun and there's one on the helmet. So really it took, took me about five months in a lab, um, a company called PRG, production resource group was kind enough to give me a lab on their campus where I could just try things, build things, 3d print things. And then, uh, you know, it took a while for us to, or for me really to design something that could be all in a backpack with all the different recorders, all the different power supplies, all the different wireless receivers and, uh, transmitters, and then all the different cabling that went out to all the, the three different cameras um, that the one actor is wearing at a time. And then, uh, so this was really our first step in trying this thing out. Now, you know, my first thought was, oh, well, we'll just like set up some flats and run around with it and, and see. But uh, my partners on the, the thing were like, why don't we actually put it through the real rigors of, real production with That's real stunt in a real um, environment and see how it does and you know clearly it, it worked so yeah 100 uh, percent works has it been so what do you do with this is it do you patent it like what do you do with this technology now or this this new gear do you like has it been used again like what's the process it hasn't been used again. Um, I had a partner in Austria that is called IndyCam. They they make the little camera modules that I used, and uh, they actually built a custom fizz unit uh, for us that they actually still take to trade shows and show off. Um, but other than that, it's just no nobody knows how to build it but me. You know, <laughs> there there was no patent on it or anything. It was just it was just a great starting point uh, for trying to get this film off the ground. Turns uh, out to be a new kind of give the give give it a new kind of spin on on what you're talking about found footage or a new kind of like point of view of an action scene, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. Like, how do we get in more inside the action? And uh, yeah, and this is a very action heavy horror film, and. Yeah, I think if we're seeing through the actor's point of view, kind of, we're seeing the actual barrel of the gun, we're seeing 
there's that shot, which we call the capabilities assessment monitor cam, which is the one that looks back down the gun at the face and you see all the readouts and things. And that's intended to be, you know, what they would see at headquarters with all the biometric readings and all that stuff to, to keep, you know, tabs on, are they alive? Are they stressed? All that stuff. But it, it gave us a great close up shot. Yeah, it's really cool. So, but like, so when did you show this around? Like, I'm, I'm assuming because you're talking about going in a lab that you're, you have professional like cinematographer, you know, you know, this, this circle of people. So did you show your film around at them and show them what you did? Yeah. So uh, we actually took, with one of the companies, we took this to Cannes a couple of times. Um, so it was in the in the Marche du Film, the, the the film market. Every buyer in the world saw this and said, oh, I want to buy that. But no one would pre-buy it. So there was a lot of buzz about it. I did, um, the, the company that last had it turned out they actually didn't have the money to make anything. So uh, the option got uh, reverted back to me because it expired. So I have all the rights now. Um, but yeah, I've, I've shown it around. Um, I've had different managers and different producers love it and see if they can get it funded. Mm -hmm. um, it hasn't happened yet. Um, and, and interestingly enough, this festival with all the feedback on video of all the people, it's actually proving all the questions that we asked in the beginning, you know, and all the, all the statements we, you know, theorized would be true, uh, which is people who love first person shooter games would like this. People who like paranormal activity and, you know, like predator would love this. And yeah. that's, with all the people who said they liked it, that's what they said they liked about it was that video game feel, but also they mentioned those two films. Yeah, it's got that uh, like the younger generation, like like is is is, in, is like really into this type of film itself, right? Like it obviously like we just said like we're doing this podcast, we just had Top Gun, and Top Gun was all about like you know military and like guns and it was like obviously it was a huge film so obviously there's an audience for your type of film i'm basically saying but you're giving it a unique spin as well i guess right right it's it's the best of like people who love things like paranormal activity and people who love things like yeah or you know one of the movies that came up was like act of valor that it was the number one movie in the country when it came out, but it was shot on DSLRs, and, you know, it was that Navy SEAL movie. Yeah. So it's kind of the mashup of two really successful uh, genres. Um, yeah, we just we just need that uh, another company to come along or another set of funding to come along to that believes in it. Okay, so tell me how how does this work then? So you have the camera like on on the on the actors. Some of the on the actors, correct? Right. So when that is happening, you have like a video feed, and you're seeing like who's the. What about focus? Like who's focusing? Is there a focus puller adapter? So the, the beautiful thing is, no one notices that we only have one of these. So I only built one. So there's only one actor that's wearing this at a time. Even okay. though it's between actor and actor through the short, no one seems to notice, which is okay. awesome. Um, 
So each actor, or when the actor's wearing the system, they're wearing three cameras. There's the one on the helmet and two on the gun. So we had an art team build this custom uh, mount that would have one camera pointing forward, so as if it were the scope, and one camera pointing backward as if it were that capabilities assessment monitor that shows the, the close-up of the face. Now, we determined that only two cameras really need to be focused on the fly. So the one that looks back at the face, we could set that focus, and that never really moves out of that range. So we didn't have to uh, focus that camera, but we did have a wireless monitoring system. So each camera was hooked up to a wireless um, transmitter. So we had a video village close by that where I could see all three cameras. And then we had an AC that had a custom-made Fizz Focus Iris Zoom unit that could control two cameras at a time. And that, so IndyCam made that custom for us. And so I did have a an AC who would follow focus with the helmet camera and also could follow focus with the scope camera. Wow. Uh, so yes, there was somebody controlling iris and focus uh, or yeah, iris and focus on two of the cameras on the system as we were going. Was there some trial and error, I'm assuming, with that, with that kind of focus? Like, have they done things like that before? Uh, the AC that we used was very experienced, so it was, you know, he was very good at it right off the bat. But the entire short film is trial and error. You know, of course, we cut out the error. Yeah. Uh, but this whole thing was trial and error, so it was, you know, very much a discovery this film was about discovery. And believe it or not, we shot it the whole thing in two days. Yeah. Only two days. With all and every stunt in it is a real practical stunt. Every effect is a except for the guy exploding is a real practical effect. Gotcha. Yeah. And and so like I said, yeah, it's so interesting. So but at the same time, it's still there still needs to be story. So we're just talking about all these technical so you're it's which is amazing but you had to had to amalgamate your feature into like kind of a, a nine minute short i guess right and actually tell a cohesive beginning middle and end story yes so how is that yeah. process so the kind of the back and forth of is this going to be just a simple camera test or should we create something with the test that possibly could be a marketing material piece. So the decision was, let's go all out, make a marketing decision piece, you know, have the art direction, the, the wardrobe, the stunts, the whole thing, um, so that maybe we could cut together a, a cool two minute piece, which we, we did end up doing. Um, and actually the story, in this is just a very simple we're going after a missing comrade yeah. building somewhere let's go try to find him oh boy there's a demonic possession in here and how do we get out now um so there's a twist there's like a twist meaning that do you think it's like a it's like a like a military action film and then there's like a supernatural right. or horror twist to it i guess right and then the the feature script of course there's much more it's a, more of a slow burn until they realize what they're up against. 
Um, the feature film actually takes place in a like an industrial an abandoned industrial village deep in a jungle in Colombia. It's kind of based on um, Fordlandia in Brazil. I don't know if you know what that is, but back in World War II, Ford needed a place out of the country to build tires for all the military vehicles. So they secretly built a industrial city in the Amazon, deep in the Amazon. And it's, you can, you can go there. It looks amazing. Uh, yeah. That's a it, film in itself right there. What's that? That's a film in itself right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh so it, it's kind of based on a, a location like that. It's yeah. not supposed to be in a gigantic uh, abandoned power plant, which uh, that location was a, People shoot in that place all the time. It's uh, it's right on the Mississippi River in New Orleans. Uh, and in our feature film, there's there's no creepy little girl either. So we were like, eh, what do we do like in two days here that could be creepy? So that's our the AD's uh, daughter. <laughs> you just added her to the mix. Crafted something that could be a beginning, middle, and end uh, for the test. And, uh, but, you know, story-wise, it's not really connected to uh, the feature story, but there are many elements of how, you know, we have a, a SEAL team showing up, looking for missing people, and then they discover there's something else here. Yeah. So, but so like, so this was done like a few, like a few made it like a few years ago and you kind of been shopping it around and then like, so what motivated you to, to finally send the, the festivals, get on, get on the festival circuit? Well, we had this two minute teaser that we were using, but there was all this great footage. You know, it was more like a trailer that we had built out of it, but there's so much good footage there that I decided one day, hey, I'm just going to sit down and see what kind of, longer piece I can make out of this. So I came up with the nine minute short and uh, we want to see how it lands on audiences and things. So I just started sending it out to festivals and uh, it's, the festival feedback has been great. That's been a really um, part of the the drive that, that keeps this thing going with, with other you know, I have a manager that came on board that saw the success. You know, that's kind of proof that this thing needs to go forward. And yeah, it's we've won a lot of festivals. Like we won, we won the Shriek Fest, Hollywood Shriek Fest, with this. Um, it was probably the the first big one that we won, and then just a lot of horror festivals along the way. Uh. So we just we just keep getting encouraged that we're on the right track. <laughs> so Andy uh, Dylan, he he's the he's in the film as well. So he like he's the one he was the one who was like kind of co-producing with you. Yes. So we actually came up with this uh, idea at a party at his house. He's a stunt uh, coordinator by trade, right? Huge stunt coordinator, huge. Yeah. Big, big. Been in big big movies. Yeah. Uh, so the idea was, well, what do we do that involves 
cameras and stunts. And uh, we, this was born like at, at a party, this idea. Because I, you know, I was a professional DP for a long time, had a lot of gear. So we were thinking, well, how do we, you know, all of us like bring our worlds together to make something that we can make? Of course, that ballooned into something much bigger. Mm-hmm. And here so we are. But he like, yeah, he's like, he's been huge. He's been in all kinds of like, actually, he's doing um, the interview with the vampire series right now, right? So, which yeah. is, is going to be interesting to see what, how that turns out. <laughs> they're bringing back yeah. all these like 90s movies and they're turning into TV shows, which is interesting. So, yeah, so he's huge, right? So, he like, um, so obviously, he, I'm assuming he did like, he chore- you guys choreographed a lot. Did you storyboard everything like when you were before you shot it? No. Yeah, um... Just had a good plan. There wasn't really anything to storyboard because we knew that, you know, a, a show like this has to be made in the edit. We just knew, we just knew with all the different angles, we'd have something to create from. And also, there's another character that I wrote in there, which is a Divid's character. That's the guy with the camera on his shoulder. So yeah. we. Have- so Divids is a real part of the military. It stands for Defense Im- uh, Defense Video Imagery Distribution System. They do a lot of different things, but one of the things they do is they send a soldier into a war or a battle with a camera. And uh, that camera usually is broadcast back to where the commanders can see it and have eyes on the, the battle from the inside. That's a real thing. Uh, they also produce a show called In the Fight. Uh, so if you go onto the Divid's channel, it's a, it's, a, it's a streaming thing online. They actually do a, a show where they go and they follow certain operators or certain sailors, soldiers, and they, do, they basically do like a life in the day thing. And um, I was potentially going to work with them years and years ago, so that's why I knew about them. And um, so... The thought was, we always need a wide shot to protect ourselves. So we, we did have that um, character in there, which I played the character in that in there, uh, running around camera on my shoulder. So that, that, that gives us that other, that other shot uh, to cut with. And, and we just knew that, okay, here's, here's this scene. Here's the action we're going to do. We would do it. We could see the footage. And we knew we got it. And um, that's also the brilliant thing about this production that, you know, if we get into the feature film, this is going to be the brilliant part of this is, this is more like a play, as it turns out. There is no turnaround. There is no relight. It's, you choreograph it, you go. Because we got, we have four people wearing this system and the Divids guy, we're seeing in 360 degrees so of course video village will be outside of whatever that's the setup is we do the scene we make sure we've got it and we're moving on you know we're not there's no you know let's do take two and let's relight let's yeah. turn it nothing like that so this um that the production actually allowed us to get this thing done in in uh two days yeah Gotcha. So you guys, yeah, it was like, there was like organized chaos in a sense where like you, 
you just wanted to get the, sh the shots and then you would figure it out in the editing room, I guess, right? Yeah. And there's an abundance of uh, footage to use for it. it. The story is in there. Gotcha. Which is amazing. So, okay. So we talked about, uh, so yeah, great film. I wish you the best. I, I wish you the best of success. I know sometimes there's sometimes 10 years, 15 years, like for these films, it takes, you know, the process yeah. better than I do probably is that, is it's 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 a grind and and sometimes there's a lot of luck that has to come involved as well right yeah we're, we're nine years into this one yeah nine <laughs> years in but i'm sure you're doing other stuff on the side you're just not hanging on to this film right yep so yeah. we talked before the press record that you were you were a diver professional diver uh before that so how does a person go from like uh, you know, elite diver to the film industry? Like, how does that transition occur? Actually, I, I knew I wanted to make films and I wanted to be in this business at four years old. My parents took me to see Star Wars uh, in 1977. And in the car ride on the way home, I asked, well, clearly that's not real. People made that, right? My dad's like, well, yeah, of course. It's like, well, that's what I want to do. That looked like fun. That's so, really smart for a four-year-old to kind of like have that curiosity and profoundness. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, um, kind of the athletic game thing, thing came about later, and I realized, oh, if I become a great athlete, I can get a college scholarship somewhere. Gotcha. So kind of the uh, – I became an elite springboard and platform diver, I guess as a subconscious way to make sure I – got to college and um and then uh you know after college was on the, the u.s national team for a decade traveled the world you know actually won a world championship once almost was in the olympics a couple of times and um that got me to hollywood i guess it's uh i was training in fort lauderdale for a while and then my coach retired and uh, i thought I've got a couple more years left in my career. What should I do? So the idea was come to LA. So I went to um, USC to train. I was an assistant coach at USC and trained there. And I figured I'll be right where I need to be. When I retire, I can just transition uh, into getting into this insane business. So uh, that, yeah. that's what I did. So, uh, and actually while I was diving, I got connected with the business by uh, doing commercials. Uh, you know, as the, there was a, an event back then called the Goodwill Games. It was like the, so uh, I was here for all the commercials for that. I actually competed in that event twice. And then the Olympics, you know, that all the sports commercials coming up. And You got your say card from that, I'm assuming? Yeah, like other actors are like, how long did it take you to get your SAG card? Like I was literally here for five weeks and I already got tapped hardly had my SAG card. So <laughs> there was a callback at my pool and the coach said, yeah, you can have your callback here as long as my diver gets to be in your callback. Oh, sure. Fine. So I, I booked the commercial because there weren't any other divers, just models that could jump off the board. Sure. Yeah. You have a, you have a particular skill set that not many <laughs> people have, right? We're like, uh, you're the one. Can you still do it? Can you still, if, if you go to like to like a university and go on the platform, can you still like flip it and, and do? Can't? 
We do it two nights a week. Go. But so you you still do it two two times a week? Yeah. Wow. So you're you're in good shape. Like you're one would assume you're very flexible. You're in good shape. Will serve you well in your future. For my age, yes, very good shape. So you like so, but I'm always fascinated by that because it's like there's a certain structure and discipline and grind. It's a grind, right? Every morning you probably have to wake up before school, whatever your schedule was. Like it's not, it's a job, it's a process, and it's kind of it has to be an obsession. Yeah. To get to the level that you're at, I guess, right? It was a total obsession. It was uh you know we describe what we went through and other people are like, well, why would you do that? You know, yeah. like it's scary, it's dangerous, you get hurt. Uh, but you know, it's for the glory and it's it's kind of like, you know, when people start golfing and they smack that great drive. Yeah. They just get addicted to that. You know, we as divers, you know, everything clicks and we do that perfect dive. Win an event and it's like, just got to keep doing it. Plus, it allowed me, it got me to college. Uh, it got me in a place where I could travel. I traveled all around the world for 10 years. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Nebraska. The first time I left the country was to go to St. Petersburg, Russia. Yeah. Talk about, you know. <laughs> yeah. Never been able to do that without the sport. Yeah. But most people, like, they, within you also have a, must have a certain personality that, because like you said, most people would have, like, people, I'm sure you saw it yourself, like, people just quit along the way, right? Like, it's like, they want to have, like, a real uh, teenage life or whatever like that, whatever that means, right? And they just yeah. don't want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and and worry about their bodies and do all that. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's not for everybody. Let's just put it that way. Not for everybody. Yeah. A pretty small amount of people actually do the sport. Yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing. But then to be at that level too, right? Like that's that's just phenomenal. So, listen, you must have. There's so many. There's like you said, you travel the world. You have that discipline. It, it serves you in other areas, one would assume, right? Because it's not about like the, this, of course, the skill is important, but it's like the journey to get to that skill is the, you can take that, those assets and other factors in your life, right? So. Oh, yeah. One thing I, I love to tell people is like diving off the platform, 10 meter platform, 33 feet in the air. That is 100% commitment. Yeah. It's not like in soccer or another sport where you can stop and step off to the sidelines or you can like, Oh, I, I didn't start that right. I'm going to stop and restart. There is no restart. It's 100% commitment yeah. going to hit the water. You have to figure out along the way in a very fast way how to survive and make it look good. So that kind of full in like leap in, has taught me so much. Um, you know, also the the danger element of it. I mean, you're, we're trying to win by doing like doing a beautiful dive and getting a great score. At the same time, we're trying to survive. Yeah. Nothing I've done since then that's been that level of full focus and stress or danger. You know, I've done hundreds of movie sets and TV sets. And people freak out, but it's like <laughs> I get the most calm when things are going the, the worst. 
Yeah. I get focused when things are, you know, up against the wall. And, and the, the comment that I get a lot from colleagues is, wow, oh, you're just so calm and focused. You know, like everybody else is losing their minds. Why is that? I'm like, nobody's going to die here. Nobody's going to belly flop or hit their head on something, you know, yeah. like I'll be okay by the end of this. So let's let's just calm down and focus and, and do our job. If people, I, I'm assuming most people would we're going to watch diving like every four years, right? Like it's like it's 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 something that you, it's not going to be on TV, right? Um, um, so we we get to know it. But the interesting thing I always found with diving is that you do a dive, right, and then you're waiting for like an hour for, for your next dive. So you're in the whirlpool, you're doing whatever. It's like that, and then you're only doing it, like you said, you're only doing it once. So you're doing something for like five seconds. And then you're waiting a whole whatever long, sometimes longer. It's like, that's like, what do you do? Like that must be the most nerve wracking thing. And say you had a poor dive and you have to qualify. You know what I mean? Like it's like, or even you had a great dive and you want to make sure you match it. There's like, like it's so much mental strain. And uh, like, like, uh, like that's what it's yeah. all about. It's all about the mental therapy, I guess. Right. Yeah. And the, you're talking about in, in the preliminary rounds. Yeah. When you 40, 40, 50 people yeah. going, you wait an hour between each dive and, yeah. and a lot of research, a lot of trial and error on how do you manage that? Yeah. So there's a way to manage it, you know, where, you know, I'd have a little, actually I'd know in the order how many more dives there were before I went. So I'd see like a certain person go and know, now I have to get up. Now I have to do um, something physical. I got to yeah. do some push Got a jumping jacks, get my heart rate back up, get the heat of the skin back up. There would be this whole like process to get myself back to optimal to go up on the board and, and do the dive again. Because you know, in the early days of my career, it's like I didn't even know what to do. It gets super cold. Yeah. Uh, but you know, throughout time, learn to manage it. When you get into the finals, though, that, that's like twelve divers, so you're you're only you're just waiting a few minutes between yeah. dives. It's really fun, but the yeah, the management, the long, long, long meets. Yeah. That's that's a grind for sure. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's like like I said, it's only like five seconds. It's like you're you you have these moments. You like say like like world championships. You wait a whole year, and it's like you just have this moment. And you, you could, everybody's a bad day too, right? Like, yeah. we all have bad days so you don't want to make sure you, it's like you get some like you know, some spiritual guide or something to say okay at this moment you'll be anyways it's fascinating i wish you the best with this uh with this film in particular and uh thanks for your candor in the, in the conversation i could talk to you about diving for a while so i don't want to bore you to death but i appreciate it and uh i will talk to uh, talk to you hopefully when this thing is made into a feature film all right well i i hope to talk to you then too and it's been a pleasure Thank you so much. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shlemiel.